Tennis Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 a WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet, the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. They're giving away an autographed DeAndre Swift jersey and a merch store gift card. Get all the details by following them on Twitter at SGPN Fantasy. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Scott Reichel, and once again, I'm here solo going through two ATP tournaments that have kind of already started. We have one taking place in Japan and one taking place in Kazakhstan. Before we actually get into the Japan Open and the Astana Open, it is time to actually recap what happened in the last episode and how we did in the past couple of tournaments. Unfortunately for the lock and dog, we ended up losing in kind of heartbreaking fashion. We doubled down on the over in the final between Rune and Husor. We had the over 23 and a half games of the lock and the over two and a half sets as the dog at, I believe, plus 145. And Husor won in straight sets. And unfortunately for us, Rune did have four set points in the second set. He had two on Husor's serve at five at a six five and then he also ended up having two in the tiebreaker which he eventually ended up losing by a score of 10 to 8 but the point is we were basically we needed one out of four in order for uh, Rune to actually go over and he if he wins one of those four points we win both and instead of going two and oh we went oh and two but the good news is that for the tournaments we actually did very very well we won two out of the three outrights from the show earlier in the week we had Djokovic winning in Tel Aviv, minus 200. I mean, he's Djokovic. I expect him to win in straight sets. He did. Can't really pat myself on the back too hard there. We did have Rune to win in his tournament. Of course, he ended up losing to Husor in the final at 12-1, to which was pretty rough. But we did win with Nishioka. We had him at 12-1 to in uh, Korea, and he ended up getting the job done as he beat Shapovalov in straight sets. So we hit a 12-1 to and a minus 200. And the other 12 to 1 lost in the final. He was about a minus 200 favorite. You could have hedged if you wanted to, but we really cleaned up in the last couple, uh, in those three tournaments from last week. And hopefully that carries over into the two this week. But before we actually get into the futures preview for both tournaments, it is time to take a quick word from our sponsor. Thinking of joining WinBet, now is the perfect time because new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. WinBet is live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Plus, WinBet has their own same-game parlay feature. Just click on the game that you like, select Build Your Own Bet, and start building a monster parlay. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game again. 
or uh, one of your favorite episodes from your favorite TV shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. We just finished recapping how the Previous three tournaments went from this past week from a betting perspective, and now it's time to get into the upcoming tournaments. We're going to start off with uh, the tournament taking place in Tokyo, just based chronologically, since those matches start at roughly 10 p.m., and as opposed to Kazakhstan, which tends to start about 1 in the morning. So it's going to be an early, early night of tennis. That's what happens when you play tournaments in Europe, but either way, time to get into the actual outrights. So starting off, in Tokyo, you have Kyrgios as the favorite at around plus 200, as he was able to beat Sang pretty straight-handedly in the uh, first round. Tiafo is the second lowest odds at plus 500. Fritz is 7-1. to one. Shapovalov is plus 750. You have Chorich at 750. Evans at 10-1. Nakashima at 10-1. to one. You have Kwan at 18-1. to one. And then you have a couple of options that I don't find that appealing. Nishioka is 25 to 1. I don't think he's going to go back to back, so I'm not going to take him at 25 to 1. So let's stick with the main, and I'm not going to look at any of the outrights. I'm not picking Mackenzie McDonald or uh, Steve Johnson at 100 to 1. I'm not doing that. So just stick with the main guys. First of all, important question, should Kyrgios be the favorite? I think the answer is yes. I think we can all agree that when Kyrgios is focused, He's easily the most talented player in this field. I know that Tiafo made it to the U.S. Open semis, and he pushed Alcaraz to the brink. I will at least concede that Tiafo had a great run. I do think that Kyrgios is the more consistently reliable player, which sounds kind of crazy because I know mentally Kyrgios can be out of it at times. But based on what we've seen this year, Kyrgios has played like a top 10 player in the world, and I think Tiafo's played like a top 20 guy. Now, Tiafo did look good in the first round. He won straight sets, but still... I think Kyrgios should be favored, and I do think that he will most likely find himself in a good position to be one of the last four remaining in this overall tournament. But to go through the actual draw, since it is kind of important to go through, uh, starting off with uh, Kyrgios, who is the favorite, of course, you have him taking, he's fighting up, he's fight, He's uh, going to be playing against uh, a player that he's favored by a lot over in the second round. Then he's going to most likely face off against either uh, Maria, Duckworth, or Fritz. Now, Fritz has had some health issues recently. He's kind of been withdrawing from some events. I'm not sure what type of Fritz we're going to get. I'm not sure if he's even going to show up for this event. But at the end of the day, I do think Kyrgios would beat Fritz if they faced off against each other. Uh, I know that Fritz ended up dominating against him uh, a couple of months ago. Kyrgios seemed to be battling a bit of an injury leading up to the U.S. Open. I don't read much into that. I think Kyrgios... Now that he had a lot of time off after the U.S. Open, I do think he would end up being able to beat Fritz in a two-out-of-three match. I think at the end of the day, you're looking at a situation where Fritz could potentially win some tiebreakers, but Kyrgios has the movement. He has the serve and volley game. He really does a lot well, and he also is doing doubles with Kokonakis, so he might actually be motivated for this tournament. He tends to play a lot better when he's also doing doubles, but just to go through... The overall, I'd say, region for Kyrgios is pretty favorable. And to go through the top seed that he would be facing, most likely, in the semis, it would be Chorich. And we know Chorich has had some issues when it comes down to making deep runs. He had the miracle run a couple of months ago. That's basically it. 
I think Nakashima is probably going to be the person who he faces, if I had to guess. I know Nakashima is playing against Chorich in the next round. I think Nakashima is going to win. I think Nakashima is a really, really good player, and I think that Chorich is definitely on upset alert, so to speak. But to go through the other side of the bracket, you have Tiafo taking uh, taking on uh, Zapata and Zapata Marias, and I think that Tiafo should obviously win. Then most likely, he'd either face off against Nishioka uh, or Evans, and that's kind of a funny matchup because Nishioka six and zero in his career against Evans. But I actually think it's a decent spot for Evans to finally beat him. Or Nishioka just comes out flat after winning a title, which we see all the time, and ends up losing in the first round. But I do like Evans. I think that even though Nishioka's done well in the head-to-head, I have to question the fatigue. He's also traveling from Korea to Japan. I know it's his home country, so I'll have the crowd behind him. But I do think that with the long title run that he just had, I'm not interested in Nishioka in the section. I think he might end up struggling early on. I like Evans. I know Evans went to three sets against Albert, which is not exactly an ideal sign in round one, but Evans is still a really good player. And even though he has lost 6 nothing to Nishioka, the matches have been competitive, and I'm kind of banking on fatigue to play a factor, which should allow Evans to end up advancing. And then you have Evans against Tiafo, hypothetically, or even Nishioka against Tiafo. Do I really like Tiafo in that matchup? I think Evans is a pretty bad matchup for Tiafo because Evans just keeps the ball in play. He'll slice all the backhands and he'll let Tiafo self-destruct. Now, Tiafo's done a better job of not fully self-destructing uh, recently, but I, we all know that that can easily change at the drop of a hat. So for me, I think I'm looking at Evans in that immediate section. So I'm not really interested in Tiafo at 5-1 to one, just because I do think at the end of the day he could potentially have some issues dealing with Evans or Nishioka and how they can go brick wall mode and let Tiafo self-destruct. But on the bright side about that region, it's kind of up for grabs because we saw Kaspar Rude lose in the first round or a pretty shocking upset there to Munar. And you kind of have a lot, a lot of potential for a lot of guys to make a deep run. If you want a sleeper candidate who I think could potentially have a shot at it, I'm not saying he's going to win, but if you want to make a case for it, you could potentially talk about Quan. Quan, I do think, is a solid player. I don't think he's the same caliber as, for example, an Evans or an Ishioka, but he's another guy who likes to keep the ball in play. It's actually kind of ironic because he's in Tokyo, and the other tournament taking place right now, the Astana Open, he actually won in 2021. So he decided since he won in Kazakhstan, he'd go to Japan. But Kwan, I do think, is a pretty good player, and I do think that he could end up creating some issues for other players into this draw, especially since it is wide open. And Kwan did fare decently uh, when it came to his actual performance in... Uh, actually, nah, he, he wasn't that great in Korea, actually. He ended up beating Chong in three and ended up losing to uh, Brooksby in straight sets, but he beat Munar 6-2, 6-2 in the first round, and that's extremely impressive. Munar definitely did not have it. He had not played in a while, but still, you win 6-3, 6-2 against a top 30 player in the world, top 20 player in the world. I think it's definitely a big deal. If you look at his matchup against McDonald's coming up, Quan is one nothing in the head-to-head. Now, that was in 2018, but the point is, I do think Quan has a decent path here. If you're looking at the price for Quan, it's roughly 18-1. to I think that's a pretty decent option especially if you think that he could be a Cinderella. I don't know if a Cinderella is going to win the tournament, but if you're talking about making a run to the semis, especially since Rude is no longer in the tournament, I think you could make a very strong case for Quan, who would have to face off against McDonald 
And then either Munar or uh, Martinez in that all-Spanish matchup, I think Quan would end up being favored in that match against either player. So I'll go with Quan to make a run. And could I see Quan hypothetically beating the likes of an Evans? I think it's possible. I think we can agree that Quan and Evans both love to keep the ball in play. They love to rally. I think it'd be a really, really long match. But I do think that you could end up seeing Quan make a somewhat deeper run than people expect, and especially at the price point of around 18 to 1. I just think that's a good deal. Evans a 10 to 1, interesting, but not really. Shapovalov is tricky because Chapo just made it to a final and he ended up losing. Do I think he's going to be able to overcome fatigue? I'm low on, on Nishioka because of the fatigue, but Chapo ended up losing, which you can argue, you know, same amount of games. He should still be tired. On the other hand, he should be motivated because he got so close to winning an ATP title and he ended up not winning it. But he's a decent draw as well, facing off against Johnson, facing off against uh, Noguchi, and then facing off against either Nakashima or Chorich. I think that Nakashima is a really bad matchup for Shapovalov. And Shapovalov has the same issue for his entire career. He cannot stop the unforced errors. And we know the one-hand backhand is very pretty. We know it's aesthetically pleasing. It's an unforced error machine. And when he doesn't perfectly hit the ball, it skies or it really just goes wide. He was all over the place in that final against Nishioka. And since Nishioka kept the ball in play, he just basically accepted all of the free points that Chapo handed him, and he ended up winning a title. But Chapo, I'm going to pass on. I don't think the odds are worth it. It's a decent draw, but I think if you're looking at the bottom half, I think that the option I'd go with is definitely Nakashima at 10-1. to 1. I really like that draw. And even though Chorch is plus 750, I think Nakashima should actually be favored over Chorch if I was actually picking that. I'm going to give out a play on a match later. But I do think, Nishi- I do think that Nishioka laid the framework on how Chapo uh, is going to struggle in this event, especially with so many players in this event that are really good at hitting the ball back in play. And the fact that Chapo would try to end the point early and really just live and die by the backhand, I do think it's going to be his undoing eventually. But Chorich, we'll talk about his matchup against Nakashima potentially later, but I do think that Nakashima should be the, a lower-odded player than Chorich to win it all, especially since we just saw Nakashima win a tournament in California a couple weeks ago. But other than that, though, time to segue into the quarters here. Quan is co-favorites with Munar to win the first quarter. McDonald is plus 300, and Martinez is 5-1. to one. I mentioned Quan making a run here. I think that plus 200 is a very good deal. I think it really comes down to who wins that match between Quan and McDonald. Because I think whoever wins that should beat Munar or Martinez. The second quarter, you have Tiafo at minus 110. You have Evans at plus 200. Uh, you have uh, Kekmanovic at plus 750. You have Nishioka at 8-1, to one, and you also have Zapata Marias at 9-1. to one. First of all, Zapata's got no chance. I'm not picking him. Uh, Kechmanovic, I'm not picking either. I know he's a decent player, but he's been a little bit too streaky lately and not in a good way, so I'm not going to pick him. Nishioka's tempting because of the head-to-head domination against Evans, but it really comes down to fatigue. 800's a steal, but I got to assume that the fatigue is priced in because he's the hometown guy. He's from Japan, and you're getting 8-1. to one. So I just mentioned I'd fade Nishioka. Eight to one's really not bad, but I feel like the odds makers are kind of letting on something that they know and most people don't because those odds are egregious. So I'm actually not going to pick Nishioka. I think that's a bit of a trap. And I think that he's going to lose relatively early, maybe in the first round. But I do think if you want to look for a play at plus money, 
I'm going to go with Evans. I think Evans is still a very solid player. He's one of the most underrated players on tour, in my opinion. I'm a big fan of watching him play. And I do think he matches up well with Tiafo because he will do whatever he can to extend rallies, slice the backhand, force Tiafo to go into a bunch of really long 20-plus shot rallies. Eventually, Tiafo will go for broke and will end up hitting a couple of unforced errors, which might decide the match. Kind of similar to what I just said about Chapo. I think Tiafo and Chapo have pretty... Interesting similarities. I know the Chapo's a lefty, but you get my point. I'm saying stylistically, I think there are a lot of commonalities between their play style, and I think that Evans is a very good matchup to combat that play style. Now, moving on to the third quarter, you have Kyrgios at minus 200, Fritz at plus 175, and a couple of really big long shots. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm taking Kyrgios at minus 200. Fritz, I'd be interested in if he wasn't withdrawing from events, and if he wasn't battling some injuries for the last couple of months. But I am concerned. I know he was there in the uh, he's there in the what was it? Dave it wasn't Davis Cup. I'm I'm drawing a blank on the name. Sorry, but was it the Davis Cup? I'm trying to remember what the name. Yeah, it's the Davis Cup. That's what I thought. Yeah, he was there for the Davis Cup. He ended up beating Bublik. He played relatively well in the Davis Cup. I don't know why. I was confusing the Davis Cup with the Ryder Cup for a second there. That got a little bit ugly. But the point is, I did see him play internationally. He looked good against Bublik, for example. But I don't know if physically he'll be able to really, really hold up in several matches in a row, let alone against Kyrgios, who should be a serve fest. But Fritz, we know, can hit a bunch of unforced errors. Kyrgios is really, really an elite tennis player when he wants to be. And it seems like mentally, he still has the flare-ups. He'll still yell at the chair up every now and then. He'll yell at his, quarter all, his uh, corner all the time. But for the most part, he's been a lot more consistent, and he's been really good. So I'm going to go with Kyrgios to win that quarter. And for the fourth quarter, you have Shapo at plus 175. You have Chorich at 190. You have, uh, you have uh, Nakashima at plus 225. Johnson at 16-1. to 1. Doesn't really matter. I'm going Nakashima. I mentioned that I think he's a really good matchup against Chapo. He's a lengthy. He keeps the ball in play. He can serve a little bit. I think he. I think he's gonna end up beating George. But I do think that Nakashima. I understand why Chapo's favored is because he's a lot easier of a matchup than Nakashima and George do because they're playing against each other. And Steve Johnson isn't very good at this stage in his career. But I think Nakashima is just a solid, solid, well-rounded player who will probably be in the top. 20 top 15 at some point in the next couple of years, but I'm going Nakashima at plus 225, and I think that's definitely a good price, but that's going to wrap it up for the Tokyo breakdown for the futures. Now it's time to transition over to Kazakhstan. Looking at the first quarter, you have a pretty open quarter because of the fact that Golfen somehow managed to beat Alcaraz in straight sets, and that was kind of the shocker of the first round in both tournaments. But Rublev is currently the favorite at minus 140. You have Golfin at plus 275, Manorino at 4-1, to one, and Zhang at 14-1. to one. Rublev is the best player in this region by far, but Rublev has had a pretty underwhelming year, especially for the last couple months, and I kind of wonder if the time off allowed him to reset and maybe he'll be able to show something. Golfin was a disaster for the past couple of months, especially on hard court, but then he somehow beat Alcaraz. I'm not sure if that's a one-off or maybe he found something in, in his old form, but I'll believe it when I see it. I am going to go Rublev. Great win by Golfin. Happy for him. But that's one elite match, and Alcaraz has kind of struggled ever since he became world number one post-US Open. Lost to Felix in the Davis Cup. He's had a couple of 
questionable results recently. And Goffin was great, but I do think Rublev's the better player. I think he'll overpower Goffin over the course of a three-set match. Give me Rublev there at minus 140. I actually realize I'm going backwards. I'm doing the quarters first for this uh, tournament, so I'm actually going to pivot. Sorry. So, yeah, Rublev's going to be my first quarter. I'll resume with the second quarter in a second. But to go through the odds here, you have Djokovic as the favorite at plus 140. You have Medvedev at plus 225. You have Tsitsipas at 650. Rublev at 8-1. to Herc has a 10 to 1, Batista Gouda 20 to 1, Kakanov 22, Bublik 25, Golfin 35, Chilich 35, and you have uh, Zanschulp at uh, 50 to 1, but that's basically it. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to spend much time on this. I think it's going to be won by one of two players. I think it's either going to be won by Djokovic or Medvedev. Sitsipas, I don't trust him over the course of a tournament. He's had a really disastrous. Uh, past couple of months. Uh, it's really been ugly for him. He had the flare-up at Wimbledon against Kyrgios. Then he lost in the first round of the U.S. Open. He's been all over the place, so I'm not going to pick him. Plus, Tsitsipas also lost to Tiafo in the Labor Cup, and that kind of decided the entire event. So I know Tiafo's improved. The point is Tsitsipas still lost to Tiafo, and I think that Tsitsipas's odds are still too high at 650. I am not going to pick Tsitsipas. I am going to skip over him. Rublev is intriguing if you think that he might have regained form after taking some time off. But you got Medvedev, who owns Rublev in the head-to-head. And you got Djokovic, who owns basically everybody in the head-to-head in this event. So I'm going to go with Djokovic to get the job done. I just think at the end of the day, you're looking at Djokovic, who's the best player in the world. I know Alcaraz is number one. I really don't care. Djokovic is the best player in the world. And I think he's going to do what he does, which is dominate. Yes, he did just win in Tel Aviv. He didn't drop a set. He won relatively easily. I believe he went to one breaker, maybe two. I think he had one against uh, Pospisil, and he had one in the round after. But he looked very comfortable. He looked great. And Medvedev, even though he is still a top-tier player, he had one of the more disappointing runs as number one in the world in a while. And I'm concerned that he's going to eventually find a matchup that can actually serve in volley a bit, or maybe even just dominate returning-wise, because Medvedev's serve has really been a mess. He's had a lot of double faults over the past couple of months, which has resulted in him getting broken a lot. And until he fixes the issue with his serve, particularly his second serve, because that's why he's been doubling so much, I have to avoid picking Medvedev. And I think that Djokovic is still the best player in the world, and you could argue he's the best player of all time. But I do think that he is getting a pretty decent price. He was minus 200 to win in Tel Aviv makes all the sense in the world because that field wasn't a joke, which is why I took Djokovic and nobody else. But I have to at least point out that with Alcaraz not being there, I do think that there's a lot of, uh, I'd say, I'd say that there's a lot of opportunity for Djokovic to win this event and go back to back. But you're looking at his overall card or his overall path. He would, he would face off against Garin. In the first round, he'll dominate there. Face off against Zanchulp in the second round, he'll dominate there. Then either facing off against Chilich, Atta, or Kakanov, he just beat Chilich in straight sets. I think Kakanov might actually have a shot, though, uh, to beat Chilich there later on, but I am going to take Djokovic, obviously. Uh, then moving on to who he'd face down below, he'd face off against Medvedev, which is really, really fun. You'd have Djokovic versus Medvedev in the semis. And the other side, you're looking at Herkaz, Bublik, Sitsipas, Rublev, and Golfen. So if you want to take a long shot, you should probably take the top half 
because Medvedev and Djokovic are going to play against each other. If I was picking any long shot, yes, I know Bublik is from Kazakhstan, and he ended up beating Greeksport in three. I like Herkaz if I'm picking anybody in that region. Tsitsipas, I know that he's the more talented player when he's on. The issue is he really has not been on for a while, and I'm not going to overreact him beating Kukushkin in the first round. 6-3, 6-4. Kukushkin should retire at this point. He really doesn't have much left in the tank, but I do think that uh, Herkaz is a solid player, very good server. I think he can put he can make a decent run for it. I think it's either him or Rublev. You know what? I'm actually going to go Rublev. I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to go with Rublev as my quote-unquote long shot. I know that he's 8-1. to one, But just looking at his actual path, he faced off against Zhang in the next round, then Golfin or Manorino, and then he'll face off against the winner of Sitsipas and Herkaz. So I'll let Herkaz and Sitsipas kill each other, and Rublev gets winner. So if I'm picking any long shot, it would be Rublev. But realistically, I think Djokovic is going to win the tournament. But that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Rublev should have a decent path, though, to the final, or at least to the semis, and then we'll go from there. But I think it might be a decent bounce-back spot or a decent spot for Rublev to get back on track. So I'm going to go with him at 8-1. to one. So my two bets for uh, the tournament in Kazakhstan, I'm going to go Djokovic at plus 140 and Rublev at plus 800. And for my um, overall thoughts on the Tokyo tournament, I am going to go with Kyrgios. I think he's going to win. And my long shot will be, uh, I think, will be Nakashima. I think that Nakashima's got great value. And it'll also be on Kwan. Those are my three picks for Tokyo, my two for Kazakhstan. Now it's time to move on to the quarters. I mentioned Rublev. Actually worked out perfectly because I was going to, uh, pick Rublev to win the quarter, and now I have him potentially winning the whole thing at plus 800. More of a flyer, but still. Uh, looking at the second quarter, you have Sitsipas, Herkaz, Bublik, and Nardi. Uh, I'm going to go with Herkaz here at plus 175. I don't want to lay minus 110 with Sitsipas, who, who we've seen really struggle at times to inferior competition. Herkaz, really good server. Underrated player. Occasionally, he gets into trouble. But so does Sitsipas. I'll go with Herkaz at plus 175 because I really just don't want to lay 110 there with... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll lay 110 with Sitsipas. Third quarter, you have Djokovic at minus 225, followed by Kakanov, Chilich, and Zancho. Yeah, I'm taking Djokovic. I mean, I picked him to win the whole tournament. I'm going to take him at minus 225. I think he's a much better player than Kakanov, much better than Chilich. The only concern is fatigue, and he won straight sets in every... A match in Israel. So I'm going to take him to win the quarter. And then last but not least, you have Medvedev at minus 200. You have Batista good at plus 250. Rusevori 8 to 1. Husler, who just won the tournament at 20 to 1. And you have uh, Kotov at 28 to 1. So the fourth quarter is interesting because I do think Medvedev is going to get through. Batista Gut's actually had some success against Medvedev in the past. And Husler might be fatigued. I actually think Husler can match up pretty well against Medvedev. Because Husor really does love to serve in volley, and he's not afraid to change some things up. But if you watch Husor play, I think he's very good. I think he's a very good up-and-coming player who could potentially be a force on the tour for the next, I don't know, decade and change. I'm not going to pick him to be a top-five guy in the world. Do I think he could upset players at a given time because of his serve and how he can really defend it well? I think he can, and I think if you want to make a case for it, I really don't mind the odds there on Husor. And if you want to look at his overall path... I think it's really not that bad. I mean, you're looking at who he's facing. He has Rusevori in round one. 
I think he'll beat Rusevori. Fatigue might be an issue, but I think it's definitely worth something. Medvedev, I think he could beat him. Do I think he's going to? Probably not. But I think he could. And I think he'd also beat Batista Agut because we saw Batista Agut get shelled in the U.S. Open, lost to J.J. Wolf in straight sets in the first round. He ended up beating uh, Felix in the first round of this tournament. But Felix, I've said before, is a psycho. That doesn't really mean anything to me. I know it's a nice win on paper. I think who's more, though, at 20 to 1? I like those odds. I think those odds should be closer to around 15 to 1, maybe 12 to 1. I don't think 20 to 1 is that is that I'd say far-fetched to take a flyer on. So I'll go with Husler at 20 to 1 to take a flyer, but I do think realistically Medvedev will probably end up winning the quarter. But now we went through the outrights for both Tokyo and for Kazakhstan. Now it's time to get into the actual lock and dog picks for the matches. But before we do that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. We're also brought to you by the Elias Game Plan app. Did you know that the best day of the week is actually Monday and Thursday and Sunday because it's NFL season and it's our favorite time of the year. And whether you're at the fantasy leagues, betting on your team, or you just want to talk about some highlights around the water cooler at work, the NFL season just got a lot better thanks to the Elias Game Plan app, the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, the NBA, and the MLB. The Elias Game Plan app is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats, the Elias Sports Bureau, the official statisticians of U.S. pro sports leagues. Elias Game Plan is full of information and insights provided from their renowned research team, which means they constantly give you information that is up to date and that you can trust. The app gives you everything you need to get a competitive edge, whether it involves head-to-head team comparisons ahead of their matchups, along with Elias key insights from the Elias statisticians, including injury impact analysis, or they also give you expert game analysis, which can give you the advantage in betting, picking your fantasy lineups, and showing off your sports knowledge. And Elias Game Plan also is releasing new features all the time, including a chat function, so you can actually chat directly with their researchers. And the Elias Game Plan app has been very useful for me when it comes down to the NFL season and trying to track down all of the injuries. It's always tricky trying to navigate through the injury reports. Everyone's listed as questionable. You never actually know who's going to play, but Elias can easily help organize all of the injury information in one convenient location to help you with anything betting or fantasy related for the NFL. And if you want to elevate your NFL season today, Download the Elias Game Plan app. That's E-L-I-A-S. And they also have a very special deal right now when you subscribe. Get 15% off your annual subscription, but only if you use the promo code SGPN15. Find the Elias Game Plan sports betting in the App Store or Play Store today and use the promo code SGPN15. We're also brought to you by PromoGuy.us. PromoGuy.us is the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies. They've got daily updates on odds boosts and huge cash bonuses from all the major sports books. And they've got a VIP Discord group that puts even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. I gotta say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates and they are some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is expected to win. They also tell you where you can get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on constantly changing promotions. If you're not already using mathematical models to help you with your picks, you are missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of all is that Promo Guy is run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated on building a well-informed, better betting community. Go to promoguide.us 
and check out their 100% tracked, transparent, and proven methods for betting smarter. So make sure you check out promoguy.us. We're also brought to you by Nell House Advantage. Nell House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for a shot at winning $250,000 in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Make sure to check out Know House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, it's also where you play. And you don't want to miss out on this. Sign up with promo code SGPN at knowhouseadvantage.com or download the app to get a first deposit match up to $25. We're also brought to you by Trade Coffee. Do you like to have delicious coffee delivered straight to your home? Then Trade Coffee has you covered. Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. On top of that, Trade Coffee also has a team of coffee experts that personally taste test over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you. All you have to do is answer a couple of questions and you'll get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. Trade also has a great deal going on right now. They're offering new subscribers a total of $30 off their first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee, absolutely free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com SGP and let Trade find you a coffee that you'll love. That's drinktrade.com SGP for $30 off. We're also brought to you by Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? It's a place where you can compare odds from all the major sports books in one convenient location. You can compare the different signup codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also gives you player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep track of their records on all the games and their betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire and oddstrader, the number one site for all of your game day bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. We just finished going through the futures in Japan and Kazakhstan. Now it's time to get into the lock and dog picks. And for the lock, I'm going to go back to the match I alluded to earlier on. Technically, he's an underdog, but I'm going to take him anyway. I'm going to take Nakashima on the money line against Chorich at even money. Simply put, he's in much better form. And if you want to go through Chorich, he ended up winning in Cincinnati, had the miraculous run. Since then, really not been great. He hasn't played many matches. Beat Enzo in the first round of the U.S. Open in five. I believe he was down, what was he down? 5-2 in that match in the fifth set and then came back. Then he lost to Brooksby in three sets in the second round. Then he beat Kokonakis in the first round of Tokyo. I'm not impressed by Kokonakis, but the point is I do think George is vulnerable. You're looking at Nakashima. He won in Cincinnati, dropped one set in the entire tournament, ended up winning in the first round. Doesn't mean anything. He fought a no, he played against a nobody. But U.S. Open, if you want to go backwards, ended up beating Kotov in straight sets, beat Dimitrov in straight sets, lost to Sinner in four. But you're looking at him on hard court. He's been really good. So I'm going to go Nakashima. I think that he's right now the more consistent player over Chorich. And even though Chorich has been healthy for the past couple of months, 
We've seen him get injured in the past, and I am concerned if he potentially tweaks something. But Nakashima, extremely reliable, extremely solid overall player, and I do think that he will be a problem for George. So I'm going to go with uh, Nakashima on the money line at even money as my lock. And for my dog, I'm going to go against what I normally do, which is fading players who just won tournaments. I'm going to take Husor at plus 165, taking on Rusevori. Now, there is a chance that maybe he drops out, but if that happens, it gets voided. I just really, really like Husor as a player. And I think that even though Rusevori is an up-and-comer, he's a very good player from Finland. But I have to at least point out that Rusevori is also a very big unforced error guy. And he occasionally punts service games because he constantly goes for big shots on either the forehand or the backhand. Husor, I think, will be able to defend his serve. And I do think the serve and volley game will help keep Rusevori off balance. But it's mostly based on the odds. I just think that plus 165 is a really, really good price for a player that I think would probably be favored if they were facing off without the potential rest disadvantage. Speaking of it, I actually found 180. So I'll take 180. I think that's a very good price. I get the idea of fading the guy who just won a tournament because I've mentioned on the show time and time again, but Rusevori of all players should not be minus 230 or minus 200. I think that's a bit crazy. So I'm going to take Husor on the money line as the dog at plus 180. But you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. Besides that, that's going to wrap it up for the show. You can find me on this podcast, the NBA Gambling Podcast, the PropCast. I know that I might be doing some hockey props, uh, so get excited for that. And the NFL uh, Podcast, along with the Fantasy Football Podcast. So, of course, a lot of content going on right now, whether it involves football, whether it involves basketball, which is on the way, hockey on the way, or even tennis that's going on right now. You can find me in a lot of places, but there's a lot, a lot of sports going on, and it's a very exciting time. And since we got a lot of sports go- taking place and that's coming up in the next couple of weeks, it's important to try to make some money. And as a result, you know, nothing else to say besides what I always say. Good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.